these people lived an average of 12 to 14 years longer. Not just adding years to your life, but life to your years. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe, and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits, and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine, and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly, and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. Hi there, I'm Dr. Mark Rowe and welcome to In the Doctor's Chair. Complementing my usual guest interview podcasts, I'm also delivering a collection of short solo episodes to support your choice to live with more vitality. Here I share concepts, lifestyle habits and well-researched practices to support you in your commitment to live your best life. In this short episode of In the Doctor's Chair, I talk about the principles of lifestyle as medicine exploring how the power of small incremental lifestyle changes can affect how you choose to live with more vitality. If you're a leader who recognizes, particularly since COVID-19, that living with vitality and building a more resilient mind matter now more than ever for you and your team, then this podcast is for you. For further details, visit drmarkrow.com. Lifestyle medicine is the use of evidence-based lifestyle therapeutic interventions as a first-line option to treat, prevent, and even sometimes reverse chronic health conditions. Really, lifestyle medicine has four separate aims. Firstly, to achieve better patient outcomes. Secondly, a better patient experience. Thirdly, lower healthcare costs. And fourthly, boost doctor satisfaction. And of course, lifestyle medicine can become a key way to better manage not just COVID, but future pandemics by reducing the underlying chronic disease burden. Lifestyle medicine interventions include six separate interconnected areas. Firstly, regular physical activity. This is the idea of exercise and movement as a new vital sign for your well-being. Secondly, restorative sleep. Thirdly, a nutrient-dense, antioxidant-rich diet with less exposure to dietary toxins, with a large emphasis on plant-based nutrition. I talk about this idea of eating a rainbow in color every day from beetroot and blueberries through to red peppers and everything in between. Lots of fresh fruit and vegetables, whole grains, beans, peas, lentils, nuts, and seeds. Number four, avoiding risky substances. This includes obviously not smoking cigarettes, not taking illicit drugs, modifying your alcohol intake. Number five, building positive social interactions, strong, supportive relationships that really can strengthen and support you to be at your best in life. And number six, this idea of stress management, understanding how you respond to stress, recognizing maladaptive stress responses, 
and being able to transform them into responses that will improve your health and overall well-being. As I say, learning to embrace as opposed to eradicate stress, to build a more resilient mind. Lifestyle medicine looks at the root cause of health conditions as opposed to simply looking at the symptoms. And, you know, many leading organizations internationally now recommend lifestyle as a first-line treatment for many chronic health conditions before any medication is prescribed whatsoever. These would include the American Heart Association, the Lancet Commission, and the American Diabetes Association. Because right now we have a tsunami of chronic disease in the Western world. In fact, the World Health Organization would say that about 80% of heart disease, stroke, and type 2 diabetes, and perhaps up to 40% of cancers could be prevented with improvements to your diet and lifestyle. And just to bring this idea home, I'd like to share a story with you about a patient of mine called Billy, not his real name, of course, but when Billy came in to see me a couple of years ago, he was 70 years old. He'd never been to see me before. And it was simply his 70th birthday forced him to get a new driver's license to drive his car. So he came in. It was the first time I'd ever met him. And I used it as an opportunity, obviously, to check his blood pressure, look at his lifestyle habits and organize a few blood tests. And blood tests weren't good. Basically, Billy had type 2 diabetes. His liver function tests were raised. He had raised cholesterol. He had raised blood fat. His bad cholesterol, his LDL, was particularly high. He had low levels of HDL or good cholesterol. His HbA1c and fasting blood sugar were raised, which are both signs of diabetes. Billy also had raised blood pressure. And so when Billy came back to me about his test results, I broke this news to Billy and I said, look, really, Billy, you have two choices. Option one is the conventional idea of putting you on perhaps four or five different tablets right now to lower your blood pressure, sort out your cholesterol and blood fat and reduce your risk of heart disease. But there is a second option. And that second option is significant lifestyle changes. And Billy looked at me and he said, you know, Mark, I want to go with the lifestyle option because I'm not a pill kind of person. And I said, okay, well, look, let's try lifestyle changes for the next 90 days and let's remeasure, reevaluate, see how we're getting on. And, you know, if we're not making any improvements at that stage, we can revisit the option of medication, but let's hope that we will. And, you know, to his credit, Billy made really significant changes. He more or less cut out drinking alcohol. He went pretty much on a vegetable based plant type diet, eating lots of vegetables and beans, peas and lentils. He used to make up a whole vegetable soup each day. And very smartly, he piggybacked his habit of watching the news and watching TV in the evening with exercise. He bought himself an exercise bike and that enabled him to exercise even when it was wet and windy outside. So he would spend maybe 60 to 90 minutes every evening pedaling gently on his exercise bike while he watched TV. And when I repeated Billy's blood tests after the 90 days, he had made dramatic improvements. He had 
reversed his diabetes. He had lowered his cholesterol, uh, normalized his liver function tests, and his blood pressure had also dropped without any medication. And Billy looked younger and he felt a whole lot better. So Billy continued with his lifestyle changes. And I can tell you that, you know, nearly two years into his lifestyle program, he has never been fitter or healthier. And he has really become a leader in his own well-being. And what's really interesting is as Billy has become really engaged in these positive health habits, he is now working on, you know, encouraging other family members to do the same. And, you know, Billy is, for me, I call him my poster boy for lifestyle medicine. It's a joke we share between us. But, you know, Billy is not unique, far from it, because the pre-lifestyle change, Billy, I mean, is, is not unique because research from the Mayo Clinic has shown that, you know, less than 3% of Americans lead healthy lifestyles defined by these four factors, not smoking, a body fat less than 20% for men or 30% for women, eating a healthy diet and exercising for at least 150 minutes a week. Other research has found that more than 80% of Americans fail to eat enough fruit and vegetables, yet 75% believe their, their diet is either good, very good or excellent. So there is a gap here. And this knowledge or attitude gap is what I call your health IQ. And I call health IQ having the knowledge, awareness, and the right attitudes to make informed choices and decisions when it comes to your long-term health and well-being. And not having a good health IQ, in my opinion, is costing people their greatest asset, which is their long-term health and well-being. In fact, research from the Journal of the American Medical Association in 2017 has found that nearly 50% of all deaths due to heart disease, stroke or diabetes were linked to diet and poor nutrition making diet now the biggest risk factor for chronic disease and death in the United States. So here's some evidence in support of positive lifestyle medicine interventions. Firstly, the EPIC study. EPIC stands for the European Prospective Investigation into Cancer and Nutrition. It involved 25,000 men and women. And what they found was that if you had four healthy lifestyle factors, in your everyday life. And these four factors were taking moderate exercise, 30 minutes a day, not smoking, having normal weight, and having a diet which involved a high intake of fresh fruit and vegetables and whole grains and low meat consumption. What this did was it reduced your chances of developing any chronic disease by 78%. It reduced your risk of type 2 diabetes by more than 90%. It reduced your risk of heart attack by more than 80%. Your risk of stroke by more than 50%. All forms of cancer by 36%. And secondly, the Harvard School of Public Health in a 2018 study involving more than 100,000 patients found that those people who were not overweight, who never smoked, who exercised on average about 30 minutes a day and who didn't drink alcohol to excess and ate a healthy diet, these people lived an average of 12 to 14 years longer. Not just adding years to your life, but life 
to your ears. A question I'm often asked is why does lifestyle medicine work? And research into that idea is ongoing. But what we do know right now is that your DNA is not set in stone. In other words, your DNA is not your destiny. You have an epigenome which sits on top of your DNA and it's kind of like a switch and it can turn on and turn off health enhancing or health depleting genes based on your everyday lifestyle habits and the environments you spend your time in. What we do know is that there are a number of separate processes involved in lifestyle changes, including inflammation. And we do know that chronic inflammation at a cellular level can be triggered by a high sugar, inflammatory diet, chronic negative stress, lack of sleep, and so on. Dysfunction of your immune system may be involved. The growth of new blood vessels, that's a term known as angiogenesis, the trillions of bugs that live in your gut, known as the microbiome, can have a very positive impact on your health. And that's largely dependent on the types of foods you eat. In other words, eating lots of prebiotics, which are fiber-rich foods, and probiotics, which are fermented foods and foods like Greek yogurt and kefir and so on. These types of foods can really have a positive impact on the bugs in your gut, which in turn can mediate many aspects of cellular inflammation. We know that the long-term effects of chronic toxic stress, stress hormones, and overstimulation of your what's called sympathetic nervous system can have a negative impact on your lifestyle. Oxidative stress can also play a role. And these anti-aging proteins called sirtuins can be switched on by positive lifestyle changes. And finally, telomeres. Telomeres are like plastic tips at the end of your shoelaces. And these tend to be located at the end of chromosomes and protect your DNA from damage. As you get older, these telomeres tend to get weaker and shorter. Positive lifestyle changes can increase an enzyme called telomerase. And that's an enzyme that seems to repair and lengthen telomeres. All of these processes involved with positive lifestyle changes are very dynamic. What that means is that lifestyle changes can lead to a rapid positive change in terms of positive health outcomes. So that's really, really good news because it's never too late to change. It's never too late to start to recommit to living a healthier lifestyle. I call it the power of thinking small, small positive changes that can add up over time to make a big difference for you in terms of health enhancing or health depleting outcomes. Fundamentally, lifestyle medicine is about education and empowerment. Thomas Edison once wrote that the doctor of the future will give no medicine, but will interest his patients in the care of the human frame, in diet, and in the cause and prevention of disease. I believe lifestyle medicine is bringing this vision closer to reality one day at a time, with less emphasis on pills and procedures and more on everyday habits and choices. As I say, enabling you to become more of an active participant in your own well-being, as opposed to simply being a passive consumer of healthcare. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com. 